Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write it down. You like writing things down. We do like writing things down here on Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. On 1500 and scorenorth.com, we'll wrap with Royce at 540. But every Friday at this time, we write things down. We keep track of those things that we write down. And then we keep track of how accurate we are with all the things that we write down. So before we write things down for this week, I'd rather not. I'm confused. It was rather long. (laughs) Uh, Before we write things down, we need to go over things that we've written down in the past. We call it the accountability session and some predictions that have or have not come true since last Friday. Good week for Phil Mackey in more more ways than one. He hit on two things with the same type of prediction, right? Said Tiger Woods will win the Masters. He said that last Friday. And in an earlier Write That Down session, he said Tiger Woods will win a major in 2019. So Tiger delivering twice for Mr. Mackey. Way to go, Phil. Judd, you got a hit this week. I did. You said uh, Byron Buxton will not homer over the weekend. And he had two that went Right off the wall, right down the left field line and just off the wall. Not enough launch angle. Otherwise, that would have been a swing and a miss for you, sir. But you know what? It wasn't. And if I'm not mistaken, I that was a rebuttal to Jonathan Harrison because Jonathan had predicted that Buxton that would, he hit, would a, hit a home run. Right. That's okay. right. Speaking of Jonathan Harrison, bad week for Jonathan. Uh, he said before Monday, Buxton will hit one home his first home run of the season. He obviously yep. did not. Um, he also said that Minnesota United will win their home opener with a clean sheet that was apparently wrong. I don't know what a clean sheet is. Shut up, right? Uh, is I that think what a clean is? sheet is a shut up. I, don't, I guess yes. I don't know that, but they didn't win. Yeah. Right. And, and in Jonathan's case, that's called karma. Because the stunts that Jonathan pulled in cram session yesterday, unethical, off the charts, complete BS. So karma <laughs> bit, bit him right in the butt. I definitely should have won that cram session yesterday. You're right. Um, and then we both got screwed. Absolutely. Come on, let's band together. Okay. I'm not fighting you. <laughs> I thought it was every man for himself. No, but Mackie, Mackie won because I when mean, it comes that was to the just, crab session, Jonathan, you write that down. Jonathan, it's every man for himself. Jonathan puckered up to the content director. It was pretty clear what happened there. Manny had no predictions, right or wrong, uh, in the last week. I, in response to Phil's Tiger enthusiasm, felt the need to bring him down a little bit and said Tiger won't finish in the top five. In last week's Masters tournament. So obviously, 
I was wrong. Listener predictions. Uh, Scott said Tiger will finish outside the top 15 in every major this year. He was wrong about that. And Mark L. had a long prediction. He said the Vikings will play the Raiders at home in either the week one opener or in week three due to Oakland's final last year sharing that dump of the Coliseum with the Athletics. If they do play the Raiders in week three, I then predict their week one opener will be at home and it will be against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, this comes in response to Judd's prediction nice. yesterday of a road game in Kansas City to start the year. That's a hell of a peg. That's he got that whole thing. I read that word for word. Okay, that's Mark's a, prediction. Gentlemen, that's impressive. That's really good. Yeah. Well done, Mark. Yes. I don't know what kind of inside info you had, sir. But <laughs> you know what? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he did. Good for him. Okay, so averages so far wow. this year in the race to take Judd's title for the Write That Down crown. Um, bringing up the rear is our guy, uh, Jonathan Harrison, with a 125 batting average. Uh, Manny is batting 143 on the season. Yikes. Guests um, are batting 167. Let me see here. He didn't put it in order, so I'm kind of doing this on the fly. Mackey is batting 290 on the season. Judd, you're batting uh, 306. Uh, our listeners, I'm sorry, you're ahead of our listeners. Our listeners batting an even 300, and I sit at 313 atop the batting leaders. Oh, I'm coming to get you. You are. You're you're making a move. I've had a rough couple of weeks. I'm spraying the ball all over the ballpark. The shift's not working. Are you getting launch angle, though? That's what's important. That's exactly right. <laughs> exit velocity. You mm-hmm. can spray it, but are you getting the exit velocity and the launch angle? That's a personal question. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. I knew I was setting you <laughs> not up Not on there. the airwaves. Uh-huh. I knew uh-huh. that I was setting I'll tell you, you up I'll there. tell you at 6 o'clock after the show. All right, so let's get to it. Let's uh, get to this week's Write That Down predictions. Who wants to Who wants to lead things off? Judd, do you want to lead things off? I will lead things off, and I will uh, tell you right now that I'm going to give you three predictions related to the Vikings schedule, which was released a couple days ago. Ooh, okay. So I'm keeping it all to the Vikings. You've got a theme, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. I do indeed. The Vikings are going to win their opener against Atlanta on September 8th. So I, I've been saying this in my predictions, and I think that you said the same thing. I did. On, uh, on Purple Daily yesterday, Rami, but I will put this in to write that down. The Vikings are going to win their opener against Atlanta on September 8th. Murph? All right. My first write that down. Let me just pull it up here. Um, Kevin Durant. Prepared, Murph. Kevin Durant will win the finals MVP this year. He looked phenomenal yesterday, and it made me just confident that he is going to win finals MVP. Before he bolts? Before he bolts, yeah. Okay. He's a weird dude. He's oh, insane. Yeah. Did you watch that game yesterday? Yeah. I watched the I watched some of the game. He, he the shots he was making just absolutely ridiculous. He he'd make these turnaround jumpers, hand in his face. It doesn't matter. Playoff Durant is he's scary. The thing but, that frustrates me about him is he could do that every night. Yeah. He's good enough to do that every night. And he needs to be questioned. He needs to be challenged. You know what he is to me? To he's, dig that up. He's a maddening player because of that. Like, it always frustrates me so much when, when a guy can turn it on and be just brilliant, but then they don't more consistently. I get it if it's a December game, okay? So I'm not asking every night, but he's just a weird guy. And did you guys see And his- I get I get really frustrated because there's times I'm like, where is it? Did you guys see his press conference earlier in the day? I didn't see that, no. Where no. he was like, you guys know who I am, right? You guys... <laughs> You guys, you guys know who I am, right? Like it seemed like he was legitimately asking if people knew knew who he was. It's weird. Yeah, he's the, a weird dude. The other weird, the other thing with him yesterday, he picked up his third technical foul in the in the post in the playoffs. And when you get to seven, you get suspended for a game. He already has three, and it's been three games. So does he really? Yeah, he he got another one yesterday. Was he trying to be Because he got 
I don't know. Well, Draymond did get uh, uh, suspended two years ago, I think it was. He did. And, yeah, Durant's already got three. I think seven is the number where you get suspended for a game. So something to watch with Durant. Okay. Um, I am going to make my write-that-down prediction, and I will say that the Minnesota Timberwolves will move up at least three spots in the lottery next week. Three spots. Can you so buzz means, them right now? That means, that means they'll have <laughs> at least the seventh pick, if not better. In the upcoming NBA draft, but the only way they can move up is into the top four. Oh, is that is that true? Really? Yeah. They, they hold on. I, what you, you can't because they only the lottery is only the top four teams. That's, and then it just falls, and then in, it just order falls in order. Did they change that. I think hockey's got the same thing. To really, point. yeah. That's that's how it's. It used to only be three teams, and I think it's yeah. four now. I think I think uh, so. If they moved up, it would have to be to one, two, three, or four. Hmm. You still want to stick with that? <laughs> yeah, you're really going on a limb now. Yeah, sure. What the hell? That'll be a home run if I hit that. Yeah, wolves it, it wolves are moving up into a top four spot in the lottery next <laughs> you week. You clearly don't know these wolves. No, I just, what did I say? I told you earlier. They're due. They, oh, they, you didn't listen all, to what I told that's you? All they that never do. That <laughs> you didn't listen? I tried to. You know what? I'm your friend. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I didn't know that about the lottery. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, just the top. The, it used to just be three teams. Yeah. Let's, but now it's. So now, yeah, you can move up, but only to one, two, three, or four. That's stupid. All right, Judd, back around to you. <laughs> and I'm stupid. If you hadn't corrected him, that. then he would have gotten it wrong, uh, and we all would have benefited. Murph, nice work. Yeah, thank you, Murph. Mm-hmm. You, you're a stand-up dude. All right, continuing. Unlike some people. <laughs> I'm definitely not. <laughs> continuing my Vikings-related schedule theme for the 2019 slate for the Purple, Kirk Cousins will throw two or more picks in the Vikings game against Washington in Week 8. I told two or you, more picks against Washington. Two or more picks. I told you that to me is the absolute key game. And until Cousins proves me wrong, I'm going to assume that he's going to have a bad day because of the pressure, playing his former team, all of that. So he will have two or more interceptions in that game. All right. Murph? My second write that down is about the Gophers. In their spring game, you may have seen that Daniel Falele scored a rushing touchdown. He's the right tackle for the Gophers. He's about 400 pounds, six foot eight. He's going to score a rushing touchdown in a regular season game for the Gophers this oh, year. Right? I would love that to see that. I would love to see that. Murph, that's awesome. That's Just wait till my pick. next one. You guys are going to get upset for my final one. That would be cool if he nice did that. Yeah. I like seeing big boys do things. I, I They had never done that before, and he came out, and, and it wasn't a two-yard touchdown. He scored a seven-yard rushing touchdown. It was insane. Oh, outstanding. <laughs> they line him up at the fullback or at the tailback? He used a fullback. Okay. And he dragged about three guys into the end zone. He is a He's m- huge. massive man. He's like 400 pounds. Athletic, right? though? Can he move for a big dude? Yeah. I mean, he, he's still pretty young. He started playing football, I think, three years ago. So oh, he's, it, okay. he's, he's just a freak. All right. I like it. Write I, that hope, down. I hope you're right. I hope you're Me right. Me too. Because you really, I mean, it's not like you can make a run at the crown now. So go ahead and be right. <laughs> um, my next write that down prediction, not only because I think he's also due just like the Minnesota Timberwolves, but also because I know it'll, it'll frustrate Jonathan if I'm right about this. Byron Buxton will hit his first home run this weekend in Baltimore against those Orioles. Write that down. Wow. Yeah. Okay. First home run for Buxton this weekend. All right. Judd? Here's my final one. Final one. <clears throat> the Vikings will go 1-4 and four in their primetime games in 2019. The Vikings will go 1-4. and four. Now, I'm saying that they're going to beat Dallas, lose to Washington, lose to the Chargers, lose to the Seahawks, lose their uh, penultimate game, I believe it is, to the Packers. So I'm going to put that on the record, 1-4 and four in primetime games. All right. 
awfully negative, John. All right. Write that down. That's how I feel right now. I, I hear you. My change. Murph? My final write that down. He said this was going to piss us off. It so is. Go ahead. It is. Mm-hmm. Williams Ostadio. Don't do this. Will be optioned to AAA Rochester. Off his mic? No, that's, you very, that's very possible. You know what? He, no, Williams yeah. will be optioned to AAA Rochester at some point By when? this season. By when? You want me to put it? Okay. By La Tortuga Day? No. They're, they're going to keep him here for that. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll give it till uh, June 15th. By June 15th, Williams Ostadio will be optioned to AAA. What? What's wrong? What? I'm not mad, by the way. Why I'm not it? mad. It's gonna, ha- this is a baseball decision. It's why is everyone happen. doing this? Wetmore the brought it one? up today on Five Thoughts, which you can listen to at Score North. Well, I didn't even know that. That's, that's funny. But he had Royce a couple of hits brought it up yesterday, the other day. but it's very possible. You brought it up yeah, the other it's day. Now Murph brings it up. He's a minor I'm leaguer. I'm sorry. He's, he's not a minor leaguer. He's not a minor leaguer, but he's a legend. He's the only one with options. That's the thing. So And their pitching is going to hit this rut where they're going to need to bring people up. A legend? Yes, he's Crash Davis. Crash Davis, Bull Durham. Yeah, I know. I've seen Bull Durham. <laughs> okay, like, he's the same the guy, guy. Right. The four Crash a was a legend. Right. Crash was, and unfortunately for him, he spent his career in the minor leagues. Basically, he's Crash Davis. He's a legend. I don't like you, La Tortuga Day. I don't like you very Rod, much. Welcome, right welcome to the Red Wings game tonight. They're playing Scranton Wilkesbury. Batting first. Why are you doing this to me? The legend Latortuga. Why, why do you hate me? I don't hate you. I'm trying to bring Minnesota sports reality to you. You grew up in Chicago. You then worked in Milwaukee. Good things happened to you. Did not already when make you a, took this job, you signed up for basically sports hell. Did not already make a write that down prediction that Williams Estadio will be an everyday player before the season's over. You did not give me you did not give me a position for it, but you said absolutely that he would be. And you I said stand, he'll just move around. I stand by that. I stand by that. The man is too good a hitter for him to be sent down. Well, that's what I thought before the one for twenty two slump. Everybody has slumps. It's not just that. It's it's literally because he's the only one left with options. If they're gonna, if they, I could understand maybe one of demoting like Adrianza, but you'd lose him. Like he he's the only one left with options, so he's gonna be Murph. You're making a ton of sense. Right I, know, now. I know. I mean, you're Sorry. bringing a level of producership to the show that Jonathan Harrison rarely does. Well, wow. I mean, that's he's still not, here. You know, he's gonna barge in there. That's not the highest yeah, bar cares? to set. Just don't play that Bartman crap, and we're good. So, you are wearing a bunch of Cubs stuff right now. I know. It's, it's tempting. It's my thing. It's what I do. <laughs> we came to rain. Would you, serious question. You are a pompous baseball ass, but go ahead. What? <laughs> we came to rain. He's wearing a Cubs hat. <laughs> Would you, if you were uh, Valvi and Levine, and you're like, all right, we need to add a pitcher, everything that Murph just said, he's the only guy with options left, blah, 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 but it's. It's La Tortuga Day yeah. this Friday. Do you let that affect your decision making no. at all? No. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> I think they wait because that just it, you'd have to cancel the day, right? No. You no, just have there him, was a, would, <laughs> would you would you have like a live feed about, of him in Rochester? No, no, no. <laughs> Pat and I were, were talking about this at the ballpark a couple nights ago. It was either Buxton. It might have been Rosario a few years back. There was a T-shirt or a bobblehead day at which the player who was being recognized had been sent to Rochester. A while, a few years back. You know what they could do if he's not there? Tribute video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me. I, I've got nothing. That was good. You just put a dagger I'll right keep, in me. I'll keep my nice last, work. I'll keep my last write that down prediction simple. Williams Astadio will be a Minnesota twin for La Tortuga Day coming up Friday, <laughs> April 26th. And I will be there enjoying at least one La Tortuga sandwich. Write that and down. And if he's not there, you can still enjoy a La Tortuga sandwich. It's not going to taste as good. 
Oh, they're delicious. Just make sure it's warm. Yeah, I'll make sure of that. Whatever you do, don't get something that's been on a hot plate for like a period of time. No, I will make sure. Okay, it's all right. Okay. I'll say, give me a fresh La all right. Tortuga. All right, so I'm Please. done. I'm done. All right, we'll be back uh, in just a few minutes. Talk about some cr- really legitimately crazy stuff that's going on with the Oakland Raiders right now. Thanks, Murph. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami. There's Judd sitting across from me. We will wrap with Royce in uh, just a few minutes. But weirdness going on with the Oakland Raiders, which is not new, but this is weird even for the Oakland Raiders. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, General Manager Mike Mayock and Head Coach John Gruden sent their entire scouting staff home, and the group isn't expected to return to work by the time the first round of the NFL draft starts on Thursday night. So if I'm reading this correctly, Judd, the Oakland Raiders war room Thursday night when the first round of the NFL draft is going on Thursday is going to be like John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and the caterers. That's that's Those are the only people who will be you trust the caterers? in the draft room. <laughs> Yeah, the, and can they, you trust the caters? Are you sure they're not the league? They did it because they don't know who they can trust in their front office. Wow. Do we have more of an explanation of that? I saw uh, that tweet from Ian Rappaport of NFL uh, Network, NFL.com earlier today. Do we have more of an explanation of what's happening here with this? What leaked out exactly, or what, or or what caused them to lose their faith in essentially all of their key employees outside of themselves? Because this is just the National Football League specializes in being paranoid. It has for a long time. So that's not surprising. But this is another level. But right, exactly. You just sent every... You you are on the precipice of the draft. And, and by the way, Mayock is new here, and you sent everybody home. It, it is... It is only fitting, I guess, that this is the Raiders, and it's Al Davis's club, because... This is paranoia that is is very fitting of a guy like Al in the years before he passed away. But think about this. And here's the other thing I don't get. Mayock was was an NFL Network's draft guru guy right. uh, for a long, long time. And so he dealt with people in the business. So if there's leaks actively going on, if I'm Gruden, I'm pointing the finger at Mayock, not the scouts. Like one of the scouts... I, I'm much more concerned that Mayock's talking to his old buddies again or something. But it is a great, it's a delicious story. It's so great. Here's a little bit more from the Thank Ian, Ian Rappaport report. He says, uh, according to the Raiders website, they employ 14 people in their player personnel department, not all of whom are scouts. And uh, Raiders director of college scouting, Sean Herrock, was hired by former Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie in 2012 and served as interim GM when McKenzie unceremoniously left the organization back in December. So apparently holdovers from the previous GM regime are not trusted, and that trickles down throughout the rest of the personnel department. So they basically said to these guys, please hand in your scouting reports, and thank you for your time. It's been real. So they think... so. this is basically preemptive strikes against what they're afraid will be leaks by people looking to stab Mayock in the back, potentially. And sharing things with Reggie McKenzie, wherever he may be now. And you know once things start spreading in from one team to another in the NFL, starts spreading like wildfire throughout the NFL. So they're trying How to... How does this work, though, Rami? Well, here, 
And here's another thing that's interesting from this article. It says, on its face, this appears an, un- an unusual measure taken by the coach and GM, considering their lack of experience drafting together in the high stakes of this draft with the Raiders having three first-round picks. Some of NFL Network's former personnel execs, though, aren't surprised that the Raiders would pull off this move. They do say that a lot of teams, when you have a new general manager and sure. a, a head coach who essentially has been acting as a general manager and president of football operations, that you will have turnover, and usually that takes place right after the draft. So they're probably Correct. just going to overhaul their scouting and personnel department altogether once the draft is over. It's just too late in the game to do that now. Yeah. So they're saying to those guys, you'll keep collecting a check. You just won't really be a part of this from here on moving forward until we actually hand you the pink slip. It just sounds so funny to be like, okay, everybody, yeah, what, boss? Go home. But the draft's coming, boss. Don't care. Go home. Here's a tweet from uh, Daniel Jeremiah. He said, when I started scouting in 2003, Mm -hmm. most teams allowed scouts and coaches to see the draft board. By 2012, most teams only allowed three to four people, head coach, GM, personnel director, and college college draft director to have access to the big board. This isn't that unusual. Okay. It It sounded really juicy. It did, and you're thinking about just the Raiders situation in general and how dramatic it's been since John Gruden got there and before John Gruden even got there. I mean, you can yes. go all the way back to when John Gruden left there. It's just amazing, and and I, I think you would probably agree with this assessment. It's amazing how paranoid these people are. Like, it's an unhealthy level of being paranoid. I, I would operate the same way. I would absolutely operate the same way if I was running an NFL franchise. The issue, though, is these guys, and, and this is my problem. Maybe not as crazy. The issue, though, is these guys think that they invented the sport, and so their secrets are somehow incredibly special. Now, there would be, if I ran a franchise, there would be need to know, but, and this is true in all of sports, but I think it's more true in football than any other sport. There is a level of trying to control things that don't matter. So your paranoia, if your paranoia is, I don't want you to see my draft board, unless it's two or three key people, I sort of get that. Mm -hmm. I can get that. It sounds a little bit weird, but I get it. But in covering these teams, the level of what they think is special, it's like you are wasting so much time trying to control things that don't matter. And you are actually, actually sapping up your brain power in a time that's very important to make good decisions, you are using your brain power to try to try and and sweat details that don't matter. That's what I don't get. I don't get adults that can't reason of these three things are very important, but these six aren't. Football executives think everything is incredibly important to the point where I really contend that they hurt themselves, their franchises, and their careers by sweating details that are details that should not be of their concern. I just I just want to live look into the Raiders war room and just see John Gruden and Mike Mayock being the only like people sitting in there. Boxes of pizza. Like profusely sweating. <laughs> boxes of pizza. A, ca- a big bottle of gin. <laughs> Maybe some Sprite or something to mix it with. That's what our draft party is going to be, right? Got that right. With more of us, but the gin and the pizza, right? Is that happening? And the sweating. And the sweating, of course. I There's can't bring beer, right? Sweating. I don't know. Can you? On Thursday? I'm not the I boss. I don't think I can. Will the boss be back by then? Because if he's not, then you can. <laughs> In Vegas? <laughs> Are you the boss it, when the boss is gone? Who Jeff? knows? No, 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 no. James, 
James, again, I know I know what I do well. Running a radio station would not oh, be. I'd a, never want to. No, I'd seriously, never want to do that ever. I want to. I want to do things that I know that I could step in, and pe- people would be like, "This is fantastic! You're so much better than this guy." Right. Radio stations. Uh, no, I, I am not. A, I'm not boss material in this environment. I'll James. tell you this: whatever food we have here for our draft party at Score North, Judd's going to put ketchup on it. <laughs> That's yeah, can we talk happen. about this? Do we have to <laughs> steak thing? Do we have to? Well, can I explain my reasoning I tell here? I put ketchup on steak. I couldn't tell if you were can being I serious my, or not when I you said myself? on Twitter that you put ketchup on steak. I feel like I knew that, can but I, it's still shocking. I'm a person. Can I explain myself? If you must. Okay, but it's a very say, important I'm, difference. <laughs> you could just say I'm a terrible person and I put ketchup well, on steak. I'm not a steak. good person, but that's not the point. <laughs> Can say I'm a heathen, I'm I, an animal, I'm a savage, and so I put ketchup I on do, steak. I would never put a one sauce or ketchup, and, and I go way more ketchup than a one sauce on a good steak. But haven't you guys ever like grilled a steak and it's like this steak's okay? It's not super tasty. It's it's average. I put ketchup on that. I'm not putting, ketchup. but I never would go to a nice restaurant, Murray's, Manny's. And put ketchup anywhere near my steak. But if if we grill a steak at home, and it's like, yeah, and you overcooked it, yeah, like that's an okay steak. Ketchup. Why not like steak sauce? Like I I enjoy steak I sauce on, on on steaks that I cook. They, they're but, both criminal. Oh yeah. You think so? even even a one yes. is steak is, steak sauce? Take is, him to task. Steak sauce is almost as criminal as I, as ketchup. I, I, again, I'm with Judd. But, I'm with Judd on. I would never put it on a nice steak. Like over, you don't need anything. If on you it. if you have to put something on an overcooked steak and you don't want to put any work into it. Fine, go with the A1 or the steak sauce or whatever you want. Mm, but you, you could also, you could all, never ketchup. Putting ketchup on a steak. Hey, come on, no get matter, off of no it. No matter what's happened to said steak, if a steak is so bad that ketchup is going to improve yeah. it, Toss there, it out. I knew you were going down this go path. go to Wendy's. That, that's lead what you got to do. I knew you were what? going down this path. There's other stuff you've put ketchup on. Haven't you put ketchup on like mac and cheese before, John? Oh, yeah. It's the greatest cool that, one. That's insane. I it's did a great that cool when one. I was four. <laughs> well, perhaps yeah. my taste buds are still that of a four-year-old. I used to chop up hot dogs and put ketchup in hot dogs and mac and cheese. I still do hot dogs and mac and cheese. I still do ketchup that. Ketchup and, and applesauce are the greatest coolants of all time. Coolants? Coolants, yeah. So if you got a mac and cheese. Throw it in your car. And it's a little bit hot. Little uh, ketchup or applesauce cools it right off. You can eat it instantly. You know what'll cool it right off? <sighs> I'm not gonna sit there blowing on it. I'm not gonna That'll do that. Cool it off. You know what else will cool it off? Like five minutes, dude. Hang on. That'll cool it off. My patience is very thin. But if you're okay, never ketchup on an overdone steak. If you need to, so you throw it away though. If you need to cover a steak with something. If it's, again, if it's been done so badly that ketchup will make it better, that's not worthy of eating. Give it to the dog yeah, see, then, or throw it in the trash I'm not throwing it away. and head on over to Wendy's. But if if it's not quite that Wendy's bad. Wendy's doesn't sponsor this show, okay? If, you if can go to McDonald's I or Burger King, I just love Wendy's. Too, I've always been Bell. a Wendy's guy long before they sponsored anything I ever did. And if they want to sponsor things in the future, I'd be open to that as well because it's a great product that I believe in. But besides the point, if it's not so bad... That ketchup would actually make it better. If it's still somehow salvageable yep. and you don't want to do any work, okay, go the Murph route and put some A1 steak sauce on it. But you could take like five minutes and grill and or beer braise some onions or some muffin. That's, that's going to add the flavor and the moisture that you're looking for without 
besmirching this beautiful piece of meat, this animal that died so that you could enjoy something delicious with freaking ketchup. Well, then don't be tough. (laughs) Then I would tell the cow, don't be so tough. It's it's the cow's fault. It's the cow's fault. Be tasty and I won't put any ketchup on you. No, you burned it. It You overcooked it. It might have been the wife. You, You never know. And I'm not going to throw away something that she has made on the grill. So maybe I'll take a little ketchup. Ketchup goes on two things. If you're like a grown, uh, I got a question for if you're a grown, even somewhat cultured, nuts, I'll include hash browns, things of that sort. So you're a big, you're a big mustard on like brats and hot. <laughs> I'm just I, saying. I'm gonna tweet that. You should be Hold investigated. <laughs> Make an audiogram, whatever you, you want to do. You would throw away a steak that I would still eat because I'm not talking I about hate, a top throw, line. I hate throwing. Away. I agree with that. Never ketchup on a steak, man. <laughs> Never ever ketchup on a steak. Ketchup not close. There's there's so many other things that I'd rather have. But on basically everything instead of ketchup, I'll eat ketchup on like a burger. But and in today's food world, like the 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 number of sauces, yeah, that's what and I'm dips that are at your disposal. There's an aioli made in that flavor that's better than any ketchup you're gonna find anywhere. You believe in the DH? You might be ISIS. I d- <laughs> you are gonna use that, aren't you? That's your thing. You just found it. You might be ISIS and put a roof on it. Are my two? Becky and Judd with Robbie on the all new Score North. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, and it is time to wrap with Royce, and there is Patrick Royce on the phone line. How are you this evening, Mr. Royce? I'm just fine. I'm just fine. I'd like to, before I forget to mention it, uh, I don't know, Judd, uh, did you uh, fellas notice today uh, Sydney's column? Did you read, uh, did you see Sydney? I, w- I read it, and I wanted to uh, uh, broach the topic, so go right ahead, because I've got a feeling that the Gopher football team might be moving. Well, yes, um, it was uh, it was fantastic, and he got now Coyle. I would I was wondering if Coyle might have maybe uh, missed book or something. But uh, one of our problems apparently because we're not generating as much revenue as other uh, teams in the Big Ten is that they have larger stadiums than the Gophers do. Uh, for instance, Penn State has over ninety thousand, and they draw ninety thousand. And we only have 50,000 seats. Of course, three times last year, we didn't have 20,000 in there. So I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know we need 90. (laughs) Even by the old boy standards, it was fantastic. I thought that, uh, you know, somebody, uh, he said, 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 they, they they drew an average of like twenty four thousand last year. Like what's what got that? Well, you know what they said in in Field of Dreams, Pat. If you build it, they will come. So build the ninety thousand <laughs> yeah. seed stadium, and you'll oh. get ninety thousand people in those stands. Well, that's true, but uh, unfortunately, they have a fifty thousand seat stadium, and they're half full these days. So it's, it was pretty astounding. I was looking at something when they first opened that thing. They actually were forty five. You know, they were. They were drawn pretty well there, but yeah, the uh, first year. I, I can't. I uh, I think uh, a lot of it is uh, obviously traced to the increase in prices, but uh, but what was Coil? What was Coil's point? So so is I Co- don't know. Like we can't win because of this. I I didn't get I didn't no, get no, the point. No, was no. it our stadium's not as big, so we don't draw. We don't bring in as much revenue at football games. That's uh, that's the point that I got out of it. I'm not sure that the point was fully explained because uh, 
when you have a stadium that is half as large that is only half full, it's it's a little hard to compare yourself to Penn State, but that's what we were doing. So I don't know. I thought it was a classic, though. I thought it was uh, fantastic, to say the least. <laughs> and, of course, they also uh, uh, lowered some ticket prices for uh, hockey and basketball. Uh, you know, most the basketball ones are all the upstairs ones. Yeah. You can hardly, hardly blame them for that. Maybe that'll help because one of the complaints – you know, you got last year was, you know, you, they were still trying to charge like 80 bucks to get you into the game five minutes before tip-off against Iowa and stuff like that. So that might help upstairs. It looks like uh, they uh, they did a better job discounting basketball tickets than they did hockey. Didn't they didn't doesn't look like they gave hockey that much of a break. I don't know. They, did, they didn't, but, but the, the problem is hockey, you've got to start again. Like you just can't discount yeah. tickets. Hockey is hockey is in disarray. Yes, yeah, I don't know what you got to do. I think with hockey, you got to let the students in for free and sure. get them back in there. You get the yeah. students in for free, so you get them start. You know, one of the great attractions of hockey in the old days was they drew more fans, they drew more students for hockey than they did for basketball. Because mm-hmm. they they got into you know showing up sitting behind the goalie telling them how rotten he was and uh, stuff like that and uh, you know they they lost the students and then they lost a lot of their enthusiasm and uh, and now it's uh, you know it is it's a long way back but you know it's 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 also comp- the what we've talked about it before it's also competition there's so dang much competition in this town now well, once once you lose people man the twins are finding that out twins just had their uh, Four largest, uh, small, four smallest, uh, you know, lousy days and you know, bad time of year and all that stuff. But they just had their four smallest. Do you know what this takes uh, us, Pat? in ten years, what? Pat, this takes us. This takes us to the long ago, I believe, first uh, broached on Saturday morning sports talk. Royce plan: go for football, move it to Rochester. <laughs> That's right. Move. That was one move of your great sport. ideas. Yes, right. They would. They would. Uh, if that if if University of Minnesota athletics were in Rochester, if the campus was in Rochester, they'd draw much better. It'd be like Madison, not almost you know almost not as big as Madison, but they would have their own audience. Yep. They, uh, up here, you're just fighting like crazy. But uh, instead of getting a big bigger stadium, they should maybe move to Allianz. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a better stadium. It's got amenities, and uh, it would be full. So uh, you know. But uh, anyway, you were, Rami, unfortunately for Rami, he's new to town and he doesn't have this history of, uh, of Sid uh, uh, giving us preposterous uh, explanations <laughs> for, for failures that, that the rest of us have. But this was the classic today that, uh, yeah, we need a 95,000-seat stadium and then we can start making as much money. By the way, I have heard that... Uh, uh, Goyle is uh, raising hell over there about money. He's making everybody, everybody not in the, in the main sports that are, uh, allegedly bringing in the money. They're making everybody cut their budgets over there. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, well I guess they gotta do something. The, well, you know, and, and the reason is they're not selling hockey, football, and basketball right. tickets. That's why they're not making money, but they don't spend any money, less money on those sports. They keep giving guys raises and, uh, you know, keep uh, you know they keep pretending like uh, the stadium's full, and these are the big money producers, and they certainly are as far as the Big Ten Network's concerned. But uh, uh, yeah, they've uh, they've had they got people cutting their budgets over there, and the not in the 
probably the three main sports plus women's basketball. Everybody else, you know. You brought up gonna, you brought up the yeah, ugly attendance numbers with uh, the Twins at at Target Field. You think that's the same thing we're talking about with with Gopher hockey? Is that it, there's just too much competition out there for the for the Twins, or you think it's weather? Well, Do you think fans no, have no, waved no. the white flag? What's well, going on? Well, it's uh, this traditionally is not a great baseball town. It's a it's a good town when they're successful, and when they're not, they'll uh, quit on them. And uh, they, you know, the first decade they were here, they led the American League in attendance. The next decade, they weren't good, and they were their attendance was their attendance went all the way down to six hundred ninety thousand one year. And uh, you know that we'll, uh, I mean, baseball in general is not as popular now as it was, you know, a lot less popular than it used to be. But the other thing is, it's uh, you know when you're not winning and exciting and you don't have people fired up they don't go and uh they right now you know people i think are somewhat hopeful the ones that are paying attention but uh it's it's not a great baseball town it's it's an okay baseball town nothing nothing special uh and when they're not winning they're not there's not like this it's not like St. Louis or somewhere. They're going to, you know, in a bad year, they're going to draw two and a half, half a million in a good year. You know, it's, it's not that kind of baseball. Now. Did you see what they're, I, what they're going to do in Baltimore tomorrow after tonight's Twins game got uh, rained out? Level yes. <laughs> yeah. And they're, but it's uh, what? That was supposed to be a night game, right? So they're starting it at uh, three. Is that it? It it's, was uh, supposed to be six or five. Hitters. Yep. So it's a doublehead. It's the old Twiniter. Man, mm-hmm. alive. You know that we used to start Twinite doubleheaders at five? Yes, I remember those days. Five. I, I went to you some of those. Five. You'd be there till two in the morning now if you started <laughs> <at> five. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, started at five, and once in a while you'd say, damn, this game, they won't start the second one till 8.10. Hurry up. Come on, guys. You know now you start the second one about 9.30 if you're lucky. I'm just glad that, that they're going to play a straight one where they don't gouge the public to see the Orioles play twice in one day. That's true. By the way, I was clicking channels today. Your Cubbies haven't given up a run in three days, right? I think they had another shutout today. Uh, yeah, they did. And they've now won eight of their last 11. Reports of their demise were far too premature, Patrick Royce. Kyle Hendricks is rolling, rolling through my He's gone seven when I uh, stopped watching, but they hadn't given up a run uh, in, uh, in, uh, in three days. So, you know, yeah, you're right. The Cubbies were, they were dead and done. And uh, that's uh, that division's going to be fun, though. That, that division will be pretty good. Being the. St. Louis and them. Being the veteran baseball man that you are, Pat, when when at what point in the season can you say that a team is what it is, good or bad? We're talking about the Cubs, the Red Sox getting off to the start that they got off to. Twins got off to a good start. They've cooled off. At what point does Pat Royce go, okay, now I know I know what we're dealing with with this baseball team? Uh, well, you know, it depends upon how inept they are. But uh, 40 games, you know, I'd, I'd say usually 40. That's the old Tom Kelly theory used to be you, you 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 saw what you you spent the first forty games finding out what you got. You spend the next eighty getting in the position one way or the other, and then you spend the last forty either trying to win or knowing that you weren't going to. You know, but uh, yeah, the first I'd say the first forty games. Now it, it might have changed some in baseball because of the roster manipulation you have now. You never know. You know, they're, they're 
they're throwing players off here and there and everywhere, and uh, they move it. They, you know, instead of playing a whole season with 32 players, you play it with 50 now. So it changed a little, but I'd say 40. You know, if you're, but then again, you know, what was it, 2016? The Twins started 0-9, and you knew they stopped right away. Right. <laughs> you, know, they, you knew they stopped. Right. Was it fish? When did they lose? Uh, yeah, 16, right? Yeah, six, sixteen, and uh, they, they bounced back in seventeen. Yes. Yeah, some, sometimes yep. you can tell when they're rotten, Robbie. But you know, I don't think any of us are ready to declare the Red Sox rotten. But we're we're uh, we're wondering here. They were seventeen and two last year, and this year they're six and thirteen. Well, how about Chris Sale? Just got oh, hammered. Well, you know, the other day though, did you see he threw ninety-seven? No, but he's I throwing hard again. Oof. But he just he just breaking ball. He throws it through enough breaking balls that they they hammered him. But uh, yeah, they're uh, they're uh, they're and they all kinds of, and Pedroia got hurt. Boy, that's a shocker. And uh, yeah, he's cooked. You know, they, they they've had a lot of guys injured at the Yankees. You see who the Yankees signed today to a minor league contract? Logan Morrison. Logan Morrison. One million dollars. I saw yeah. that. Yep. Yes. And uh, what's uh, what? Uh, where am I hearing some noise here in the background? Where is that? I didn't hear. I anything. I can't hear that. anything. Murph, do you know where? I'm no, hearing, I don't hear anything either. I, I'm hearing uh, some Englishman sound like he's on the golf course or something. That's uh, extremely weird. Really? Extremely weird. Here, so maybe they're out in front. Here. Maybe they're walking by the house. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right, Patrick. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks. All right, gentlemen. Take Thanks, care. Pat. See you. Enjoy. I was going to say, though, that the one thing, and I, I watched a very small portion of that Cubs game, but Rami, honest to God, could somebody please go to the Diamondbacks and say, those jerseys, you can't wear them ever again. Those Is it just jerseys- me, or do the Diamondbacks have, like, two new jerseys every season? Well, they had, like, I believe last year they had seven different combinations or something crazy. It sounded like a, a um, town ball team, Legion team. But that jersey that they wore today, that sort of dark, is awful. It looks like a minor league. It's... And it's the same Terrible. problem that you have with the new alternate twins jersey, which is although these are, I think the Diamondbacks are uglier. But yes, you can't see you can't names see the numbers. names, you can't see the Correct. numbers if you're sitting up in the press box. It's a little bit easier on TV, especially with HD being what it is today. I I, I don't I, think the twins look as ugly. It, it's just been done by Cleveland, right? And it's hard to, to see what Arizona's doing is actively trying to be as unattractive as you can possibly be. Judd, which one didn't... I, I missed... Which which one don't you like for uh, Arizona? The gray ones? The ones they were wearing today. Yeah, gray. The yep. gray and like yep. blue ones? Yes, those ones? Uh, I don't know if they, they have blue, or like but they're the definitely teal gray. Ones or, or is it red? I can't tell. You remember? Yeah. I can't even tell. It's so <laughs> ugly. You know what I feel like sometimes with some of the new uniforms that you see nowadays? Like... We've seen movies and stuff where you see what stuff su- supposedly will look like in the future... And I think sometimes teams are like, we're gonna lead, we're gonna lead the way into the look of no. future uniforms. We're gonna be silver and have like forty-two different tones of turquoise and purple <laughs> on our jersey, and we'll have shoulder pads and light reflectors. And well, then, <laughs> then I would appreciate then I would appreciate the opportunity to tell them it definitely did not work, and you can never wear those things again. I don't care how much it costs to make them. I'm with you. I'm with like the number one like I and I like alternate jerseys mm-hmm. when they're well done. But sure. first and foremost, let's make sure we can read what's on the jersey. That's Judd, the point of the jersey. Yep. Judd doesn't like the red twins alternates, I believe. I, I like those ones a lot, but I don't think you do. They right? look like Dairy Queen. 
They do. It kind looks like of. a team sponsored by by <laughs> your local DQ. Maybe it is, which is a little league thing. You're a professional ball club. Look professional. By the way, I also love Dairy Queen. If they're looking, to Wendy's, up. Dairy Queen, anyone else? <laughs> Rami. Rami here for Dairy Wendy's, and I, I'm up to 500 pounds now. <laughs> Tipping the scales at 500 and happy as ever. No, I worked out this morning. No it's, ketchup. Everything, everything, no, you look fun. good. No, you look good. Thank you, sir. That's Judd Zolgad lying to my face. I'm Rami Makloff. Thanks to Murph, other side of the glass. Posture's improving. And thanks to you for listening to Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. Sports Beat. From Charlotte, here's Dari Noka. We are now six days from officially knowing what the Arizona Cardinals are doing with that number one pick. Thursday in Nashville, they'll either draft Kyler Murray, somebody else, or trade the pick. Sure, we all think they'll draft Murray. They say they still don't know. I say there's no way that's true, but oh well. What's Josh Rosen supposed to do, or to think? He's never been one to bite his tongue. He has thoughts, lots of thoughts. And finally, his thoughts on this absolutely difficult situation have been stated. In an interview with SITV that's now been released, he said the situation is annoying. That's what he thinks. And isn't it what he should think? Josh Rosen rubs plenty of people the wrong way. They don't like how outspoken he is, that he may be more intelligent than most of us. He has thoughts, and he shares those thoughts. But to say he's annoyed by this, by everybody saying they have to draft Kyler Murray... That he's better than Rosen? That Rosen should be traded? Yeah, that would ding the ego of any of us. And while I've never really felt bad for Josh Rosen, I do feel a wee bit bad for the young man right now. In 60 seconds, how quickly it could fall apart. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with Way Forward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Lowe's knows you're the pro who does it right and finds more ways to save because your business depends on it. We do it right, too, with everyday savings on the supplies you use most. Now get 10% off 5-gallon buckets of Valspar Contractor Coat and Storm Coat paint. And save when you buy in bulk, because when you buy three or more Purdy brushes, you get 15% instant savings. For your next job and the next, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Paint offer valid through 424. Purdy offer valid through 6-5. Exclusions apply. See store for details. U.S. only. The Celtics play game three against Indiana tonight. They're up to zip. But when you watch the game, you have to at least consider the possibility that this is this Celtics team's last run for a while. Seems crazy to consider, doesn't it? I mean, this team just has the feel of one that could be in the title mix for years. And then you see the story from Cleveland.com about how the lowly Cavaliers could be interested in taking the contract of Gordon Hayward off Boston's hands. And according to that story, the Celts could start a mini-rebuild if these two things happen. Kyrie Irving leaves and Anthony Davis doesn't end up in Boston. Uh, Those are both highly possible, if not probable, situations. That happens, and perhaps Boston unloads its big contracts, Hayward included, and the Seas become a bottom third of the East team. That quickly. With the ESPN Radio Sports Beat, I'm Dari Noka.